0: College football fans, welcome back to the College Ball Show. He's Marshall, I'm Chris, and it's that time of the year, folks. Week one is upon us. Week zero, for whatever you want to call that, I'm sure Northwestern and Nebraska call that a, a week that counts. <laughs> um Of course it counts, but it's really just a marketing ploy. Like, hey, by the way, next week the shit starts for real, for real. Anyway. We are back. College football is here. It's a marathon and a sprint all in one. It's the best regular season in team sports, hands down, not even close. And the best thing is you get to, you get to go against those in conference rivals the very next year to get them back or get the revenge. You got your revenge type thing from the year before. So anyway. We are back, man, and week one on paper does look pretty damn good. You know, we do have the high-profile games that we tend to get here and there um, as far as name recognition and all that. But, um, man, we're, we're going to dig into this here in just a little bit on the college ball show. Um, we're going to start kind of, you know, we'll start a little lightly uh, wrapping up what was week zero wasn't a whole lot, like I said, that Nebraska Nebraska found a way to lose a game, an early game. We've we seen that happen. But then, yeah, we're going to get into um, – so the, the week zero is going to be a quick-ass recap, right? Then we're going to get into some of the Big Ten, USC, UCLA stuff, and just where the expansions could go, what it means to the Big 12, the Pac-12, is the ACC the next – to maneuver, and then we'll get into preview and predictions for the marquee games like a Georgia in Oregon or an Ohio State in, in Notre Dame. Um, so, we'll of course, we'll we'll go down the marquee matchups and then, you know, talk about some of those uh, games flying under the radar like a Penn State in Purdue, which is a huge Big Ten game that will probably produce a ranked team, whoever wins that. And then even some of these hardcore barn burners – Uh, You know, the the against-the-spread gambling stuff that we always love to talk about and then we always close by uh, doing the crafty, crappy pick of the week, which we've done really well the last two years. My co-host, Marshall, picks a game blindly of two just crappy, crappy programs, and we pick them. We pick them. We go over the alumni and all that stuff. But if this is your first time listening to the college ball show, Welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com, dot forward slash Ropeadope Radio. However, you don't have to go to blogtalk. com Ropeadope if you don't want to listen. To, you know, download the show there or listen to the browser. You can find this year' college ball show under the Ropeadope Radio podcast on the Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Radio Player, FM, TuneIn, Spricker, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Google Podcast. While you're at it, why don't you head on over to the Truth. dot com. And one more thing, if you're thinking about cutting the cord or you haven't and you're or you have, but you're not quite happy about it, I got something for you. It. It's called Direct T V Stream. Right now, they got a really good deal here for the fall. Over the summer, they've done a variety of deals, but right now, uh, a limited time offer. It starts at forty nine ninety nine for two months. That includes seventy five channels. It also includes a free month value here uh, for Showtime, Stars, Epics, and Cinemax. Um, so there's a variety of stuff to check out. Um, you know, no no annual contracts, uh, no hidden fees. You can stream it anytime, anywhere. It's the best of live TV and on demand on all your favorite screens that direct TV stream. Okay. We got that stuff out of the way. First and foremost, I'm going to bring in my co-host, Marshall. And see how he's doing on this late August day, with Week One starting Thursday. Not too many marquee matchups on that Thursday. Some some pretty kind of like hidden gems games flying under the radar. I mentioned that Penn State Purdue that could be interesting and really shape what's going to go on here on both sides in the Big Ten. But how are you doing, sir? First and foremost.
1: Uh, not too bad. Uh, the school year has gone off to a good start, uh, teaching a different subject. And this year for coaching, we're in an easier district. We're playing schools where we can win games this year and not get okay. beat 72 to 15. So yeah, I'm a little more optimistic from the coaching end. And yeah, it should be of everything right now. It's kind of falling into place pretty good so far. And we got <clears throat> a good time of year for sports where I know, now it's the point where I watch, uh, soccer in the morning on Saturdays, watch football all day. And then, you know, Sundays it's soccer in the morning. And if I mean, it's the best time of the year. We'll have world cup like the, as a sports fan, like college football, it, it gets you through your Saturdays. And it's just, it's a great time of the year, Chris. And like you said, we actually have, um, one of the more enjoyable week ones we've had in a long time. Um, you know, when we used to do this podcast five, six years ago, Um, It was normally always, oh, uh, all the top-notch teams have cupcake games the first three weeks. And and that really has honestly gone away. Not that some teams don't have some uh, cakewalk games to go through, but we have a handful of games that we can break down that should be really fun to watch. There's uh, ranked teams playing ranked teams or some uh, respectable teams playing each other. So it makes this first podcast a lot more fun because it used to kind of be uh, well, let's talk about BAM, Ohio state, you know, Florida, whoever else, you know, cause they're all going to win by 30 points, but in a couple of weeks, you're going to play someone cool. So let's get there. <laughs> I'm happy. Those days are over my friend.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. And, you know, as these, we'll get into it in just a little bit here about the conference realignments and whatever, you know, that probably will mean, you know, I mean, there's already means ten, nine conference games, um, so it may push to 10, and maybe we get less non-conference games, especially in the SEC in the Big 12 or Big 10. But that may mean that the other – everybody else is going to actually challenge themselves maybe even more than they would have. It's funny that you said a new – you know, getting beat 72 to 15 and all that. You know, it just going to feel better. I still remember when Nebraska and Rozier, the running back and company, came in sometime in the mid-'80s when I was a little kid – 84 to 13, they put it on my gophers at the Metrodome. Rozier just could not be stopped. So I, I can feel your pain when it comes to some of that. But that, that's a good sign. That is cool. And, you know, that, that kind of makes sense in general uh, to help out, you know, make it a little bit more uh, doable. because that. I mean, it's hard to keep bringing people back year in year and keep the same players when you're getting your ass kicked like that. You know what I mean? It's got to be pretty uh, demeaning. Okay, let's start at the top of the list. Nebraska, Northwestern. Nebraska found a way to get a lead, a couple leads, actually, two leads. Um, and then found a way, like they normally do, uh, at least of late, to give it up. They got up 14 to 3. We're down 17 to 14 at half. They jumped up 28 to 17. And then things got a little tricky as far as a. Uh, a certain play call by a certain coach of a certain university uh, with the logo and the emblem with the the Cornhuskers. What do you think about that call and just the game in general? Because I think people are kind of sleeping on (coughs) Northwestern who are good every three three to four years they build up a good program there. Um, But, man, it's just one of those games where you're like, man, if you're really trying to uh, dispel all that stuff from last season, um, that's not the way to do it.
1: So I was um streaming the games at my uh girlfriend's house cuz she doesn't have a direct TV which I'm actually dropping this month and it's going to be a, a joyous moment when that day finally occurs. but anyways um so you
0: don't have to you don't have to say that about the sponsor
1: on um, the show. Just a heads up. I don't know if you know how that works. Okay. Well, I've just, I've paid $200 a month for a long time. So okay, I'm well, that. that's not the same thing. It's not direct True. TV streaming. True. Yeah, no, 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 Let's no. Make, make, I,
0: I'm, there's no $200 direct TV stream. Okay? I, I'm actually, yeah, I'm, right. I'm, 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 I'm enjoying this the way, streaming first light. show. First show of the year, and he, he's going <laughs> to, our
1: sponsor's gone. I, I'm pro stream. I'm pro stream. I'm. I'm anti the old satellite deal, anyways. So, <laughs> I I have I follow people on Twitter that give me sport updates, just like whether it's for gambling or people I enjoy following. And this um, this girl I follow tweeted, "What an onside kick!" But due to my following behind, I was like 30 seconds behind. I'm like, I was thinking, "Oh my god!" Like, man, Nebraska did because all all she said was, "What an onside kick!" So I'm thinking, like, man, Nebraska recovered it. They really went in for the dagger here like, oh, my God, I can't wait to see this. Then I saw the kick. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so all I could see is people on Twitter probably saying Nebraska's back just to mock people because, Chris, you're up 11. You you went through so much, you know, ripping in the press the last couple of years. And rightfully so, because won your anything. record has no been putting, trash. There's no point in putting the neck on,
0: you know, the, the foot on someone's neck in the third quarter just yet.
1: Well, and, and that and that was Scott Frost's reason. He said, uh, "I take the blame on this. It was my decision as head coach. I thought if we got that successfully done, um, that would really would end the game." And, and in fairness, that that is probably true, Chris. If you recover the onside kick there, you do probably go up. You know, you pr- your offense was moving. You, if you go up eighteen, the game probably is over. But they they had they had scored. They'd forced a turn. They had scored again. You're up eleven. Like everything at that moment was going good. And <laughs> may, maybe we do deserve to give the kid more accolades in Northwestern because they were in like yeah, a regular four to five man kickoff return, which is okay. If that dude, maybe you have seen on film that the guy that they kicked at was the guy that turns his head and, and immediately runs back after the kick. Who knows? I'm sure they saw something. But after that onside kick, I was like, Oh my God, I said that might have cost him the game because after that onside kick, You saw Northwesterns, like, within, like, two plays, they had, like, a good 20 yards of uh, a nice 20-yard chunk run. And you could almost feel, like, the the stadium turned, like, immediately in that moment, even though it was, like, in, in Ireland. But that was such a gutsy, ballsy call, and it backfired. And then you end up losing the game. And then your head coach, who, again, screwed up, also had the nerve to tell people that his offensive coordinators and coaches need to call a more creative game it's like well if you're a Nebraska fan like I the quarterback kind of slipped up in the second half but I thought the offense was pretty good it's just you really I mean Northwestern Chris I'm almost certain I I don't have an exact stat but I'm I'm 99% sure the last 20 no at, at least 18 plays of the game by Northwestern were runs they ran and Rand and Fitzgerald got super conservative and kept running. So I would be more concerned about your defensive line because Northwestern literally was like, dude, we don't think you can do shit. We're going to run the clock out. And Fitzgerald went super conservative, had a couple of punts, got the ball back and kept running. And that's how they ended up winning. But, yeah, that onside kick, man, if you're a Nebraska fan, yeah, just pulling out your hair, neither of us are. But your are years off to a good start. You're up 11, and boom, that goes the wrong way. And – Crabs Northwestern, they were a 12, anywhere from a 14 to 11 point dog. And they ran the ball just down their throat and relentlessly. And even though I played young football, Chris, I, one of the worst things ever I thought as a football player was that when you were on a defense and a team ran the ball on you and you couldn't stop them, there's there a few worse feelings in football. Of Dude, the run's coming and, oh, crap, three more downs, three more downs, three more downs. So I'll tip the cap to Northwestern. That's a nice win, especially as a, uh, anywhere between an 11 to 14 point dog.
0: Yeah. Um, and I, I thought I saw a tweet that said that Frost could win like the next 50 games. 50. And, yeah. The yep. next 50 games. And obviously if he did that, you know, this is just showing the stat, right? Obviously if he wins 50 games, if he wins 45 out of 50, it's all right. But like they'd have to, try build the stadium to 130000 you know what I mean? They'd have to yeah. expand it, you know what I mean? Um, but, yeah, 50 wins in a row, and he still wouldn't live up. They still would have a worse record than the guy that they – 10-2 and 9-3 and and, and and once in a while some trips to the Big Ten championship game was not good enough for them, so they had to get rid of, oh, boy, I'm losing his name right Bo, now. Uh, but uh, he, he would not surpass Bo Pelini's Bo winning Blaine, percentage. there you go, yep. Yep, and even and even there's some, uh, the dude from the God the Niners and who's the other uh, guy they had in there that had some uh, NFL chops.
1: Well, right? not it's not it's not Erickson, but it, it was the dude that used was the Raiders coach. Uh, uh, God damn! Uh, but yeah yeah, that. yeah, 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 yep, yep, exactly. For whatever reason, this podcast
0: is acting up right now. But I had a clip that had it perfectly, and it's gone now. So that, you know, I guess I just got to get the uh, first week. Uh, you know, stuff out of the way. Uh, yeah, Callahan. That, there Callahan. There you go. Bill Callahan. Yep. Callahan. Callahan, yep. very, you know, big name. And he, he did okay, did pretty good, but nothing great. But nothing like Bo, you know, where they actually were 10-2 and two and 9-3 and a lot. And uh, it is pretty funny how they didn't think that was good enough. And now oh boy has to win 50 straight, and he still wouldn't be as good, you know, or mm-hmm. just line up, which is crazy. And it's like – yeah, I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, I, I do have to agree with the Northwestern thing. Like, the second half was like a tale of two second half. Well, the second half after that 11-point lead. But, like you said, smash smash mouth football, run, run, run. A lot of people thought the defense would be, you know, a highlight this year. And he also threw the offensive uh, coordinator under the bus. He said, our offense has to be a little bit – well, hold on, dude. I mean – Yeah, that's what I was saying. Are you sure? You know, are you (laughs) positive? I just wouldn't be blaming anybody but myself right now. You know what I mean? I wouldn't say shit, you know, yeah. um, if I were him. But, you know, sometimes that happens. You you come from Central Florida and you're winning all these games because you are, you know, he did have a talent level. You can see from the roster uh, and some of those players that a lot of those players are better than the players in that league and in. So you can't really tell if you can outcoach someone that's on the same level or above you or whatever. So, um, any, anything else, uh, you know, we don't want to spend too much week zero time here, but anything else, any betting things that, uh, you know, I know you were talking about unders and stuff like that. Um, anything else you want to, uh, talk about there before we get into some of this, uh, expansion and even talk about playoff expansion potentially they're going to vote for it and whatnot. What are your, what are your thoughts here? Um, I just
1: want to say the, the last uh, best note about the Nebraska game was their um, electronic machines went down and they were not accepting cash at the stadium. So they were literally pouring fans free Guinness. I guess you had to literally get in line. <laughs> they would get, they would give you two and then you just get back in line. Like, I mean, I, I, I'm a beer guy. But getting free Guinness in Ireland and going to a football game? Especially near the end of
0: the game, you know? like I know. Like sometime, once you're already drunk, it doesn't matter what kind of beer once you're drunk.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you'd assume the Guinness tastes beautiful over there. So, yeah, the free Guinness dished out. It's like, damn, that. I, why, why can't I ever go to a, a Twins game or a Vikings game or a, Cow, a Cowboys game where it's like, oh, that, that $18 beer you're drinking? Ah, uh, well, ATM's down. Or the Electronics down. Oh, give it to you for free. I'm, I'm sure – uh Jerry Jones or uh, the Wolfs family would be fine with that, Chris. You know.
0: <laughs> I remember a funny story here. Uh Mayweather Hatton when all the UK fans stormed over here. And uh that's the only time MGM ran out of beer. Oh, no shit. They ran they ran them out of beer. Yep.
1: yep. Well, and and just from a betting perspective, cuz this will be kind of a common theme for the next couple of weeks, um with the transfer portal being a thing that can be good and bad for teams. Um, a team like Nevada, I guess literally their head coach left and like took right. players with him and Hawaii, they went through a huge mess, players left. So now that you have players literally at free, free reign, reign to leave, um looking for some unders at this time of the year is a good start because a lot of team, you know, Vegas is always going to kind of set an over under around like in the, normally, especially for college football, in, like, the 50s, maybe 60s, or really high 40s, but a lot yeah. of these teams, Chris, are so depleted offensively or have a new head coach or a new quarterback that Vegas is never or really going to Or they have give new you. stuff
0: that they got to fit in anyway, even the one that's going to help them. You know? Yeah.
1: doesn't mean week one they're going to be on the same page and, and ready to go. For sure. And Vegas is never going to drop you any 30s or, like, low 40s in college football. So be on the lookout for some unders to hit. Like I did this week, I went under the Nevada game. And that one stayed low. Ooh, North Texas low UTEP. Low. Um, yeah, so just uh, from a betting perspective, look at unders, especially with teams with maybe a new head coach or a new quarterback or, or teams that had uh, a lot of their skill, talent, leave, because that's a nice angle to play. Now, eventually in four or five Quarterback
0: competitions,
1: too. Like no, at LSU no, yeah. right now, yeah.
0: who's going to be the starter? Do we know yet? We don't know. You know, so September's going to be about that stuff, too. Even the teams that, like I said, did upgrade.
1: Yeah, and, and you know, you're going to you're gonna find angles that can benefit you. You just got to do a little bit of research. But, yeah, and um, even, hell, we even had the COVID bug pop up again. Uh, Carolina was, like, over a 35-point favorite. Uh, but then Florida A&M actually had a bunch of people out with COVID. And I, you know, that, I mean, I end up covering. But COVID COVID's something to research, too, because even though we're hoping to move on as a country, I mean, if you're betting sports, you're wanting to watch your team play, um, Florida A&M had like 20 players out due to COVID. So that's our angle that hopefully it doesn't jump up too much this year and affect our games. But it's sadly not uh, gone entirely either.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. And speaking of that transfer portal, I do believe we'll see in the near future a limited window for that, you know. Um, after well, there, the season, you can transfer. Uh, like, you
1: know, I, I shouldn't say transfer, but get into the – go ahead. What were you going to say? I was just going to say I heard they're supposed to have a vote this year that yeah. will allow players to transfer portal every year they want because I believe right now you're only allowed to do it once. There's going to be a vote where a player can transfer portal every year. I think that's kind of crazy, but well, it is vote, what it is. Though. And you
0: know what I mean. Uh, They're going to put a bunch of stuff up for vote,
1: so it, sure. it still has yeah. to pass. Um, but my,
0: my thing is, I think they'll limit the window of the portal, meaning mid-season you can't get in the portal. Because so, remember agreed. that that makes you that disqualifies you. So all of a sudden, wonder if uh you know I mean you could get out of it again too. But there's some times where people leave campus or something, or or not go be going to practice. And all of a sudden, someone gets hurt. Well, you could have been in that, you know, you could have been in that role or whatever. I think that they have to find, or even, you know, once the season's done, transfer portal's open, and then it's closed. You know, do you want kids being able to get in the transfer portal after spring practice? You know, by the time April hits in May, shouldn't we pretty much have our team's, um, and that doesn't take away from what students can still do because, hey, you can do it legally now and not have to wait. So there is a benefit already. So I do think that will uh, – I think the, the window will get limited a, a little bit, and I've heard a variety of things about that, but we'll see when it actually comes up to vote. Speaking of voting, while we're on the subject, we're going to talk about off-the-field stuff for a very short amount of time just because we don't have a lot of recap, you know, from last week, obviously. But the playoff extension, expansion – whether it's 8 or 12 teams, um, you know, we were just kind of doing some research on Central Florida and Cincinnati and, you know, how they closed the regular season, including conference championships, In um, Cincinnati closed at 8 uh, two years ago, and Central Florida in 2017 closed at 12, um, and then they beat Auburn, who was 7 and 10 and 3. They were ranked 7th with an undefeated Central Florida. Now, Central Florida didn't have... Key win in there, a lot of key wins or you know non-conference wins to help them really boost up. We've seen Cincinnati uh, do some of that, you know, in the regular season, like the Notre Dame, which was key last year, and that's why they were ranked a little higher. But that would likely, as much as we've talked about it, we're not going to go into what we think it should because they've already done that. Five or six teams, eight at the max, but five or six would be perfect. Uh, well, six would probably be perfect, whatever. But if we're talking about the SEC in Big Ten being uh, an upper echelon power two and then whatever happens, which we'll talk a little bit about, um, if you could do 12, that would likely solve all the non-power two or the little guys, so to speak, the mid-majors, whatever you want to call them. That's more of a college basketball term. But if you went to 12, that would solve pretty much all that stuff because then you do get a chance. You do get a chance as an undefeated team in a smaller conference to win the championship. You literally probably get a better chance than you've ever had uh, in the history of college football. Um, and I know people are going to go, yeah, but if you're the 10th seed, that means you got to play all – got to play your way in. But, you know, we don't know what – I mean, we already know what the Big Ten and the SEC is going to look like in two years. So you're telling me that's not hard to get through? You know what I mean? Uh, give me a break. So – uh, but they they are going to do another vote on that. It's just a matter of if it's eight or twelve. You never know. Maybe it would be ten, and they give the top two a buy. Someone's going to get some buys, whether it's the top four, top two, whatever. Um, so that is something that we kind of wanted to report. There there is likely another vote. The last time I believe it was the SEC and Notre Dame that said we'll expand, but we're not going to allow conference champions, the Power Five, to all get in. Because the SEC, obviously, sometimes they have two or three teams. And if you go to 12, they could have more, <laughs> you know. So <clears throat> they that's what they're going to have to work through and whatnot. Um, let's move on quickly, though, to the Big Ten expansion. In two years, USC and UCLA will be joining the Big Ten. They just closed on their Big Ten deal um, that they have. They're no longer going to be in two years going to be with ESPN. They're going to be on Fox. CBS, NBC, FS1, FS2, and the Big Ten Network, obviously. Um, so this would be the first time in like 40 years that they're not on ESPN. Some people are going, oh, my God, how could you not be on ESPN? But when you're talking about network TV and you include NBC, which it wasn't there, basically for Notre Dame games, and CBS, which was SEC, because obviously the SEC is going to do a big you know, ESPN deal, so or did already so, you know that that as far as popularity and, and national exposure, that's freaking ridiculous to have those three. I mean, that, to have four, three out of the four free cable or free network channels that your games are going to be on, that is humongous. Now the new deal is a giant deal, and it can be fluctuated up to ten billion dollars. It matters who, if they do add, like we talked about before, Notre Dame and Oregon or whatever. Maybe they only add two. Maybe they add four or six. We don't know. There is talks about Notre Dame looks like they're going to get an NBC deal for the next chunk of years and see where they're at. Um, Oregon, Cal, Stanford, Washington, those are teams. uh, If all four, maybe Notre Dame doesn't come, they add those four. Maybe they only add two. They make sense for USC to help out. The travel and also to keep some of those rivalries going, which is important. Um, but either way, the big 12 look like, or the Pac 12 looks like it's going to get hit the worst because it's so hard right now to get the LA market. Um, now that USC and UCLA, which is actually the actual LA market, not Berkeley and whatnot, but as far as TV, you know, network, uh, market. It's going to be tough to get a, a sizable deal now. And if, in fact, Oregon and Stanford and Washington, if those, fat, those teams go to the Big Ten, then it's very likely the Big 12 will be looking to add Utah, uh, Arizona State, Arizona, Colorado, and kind of pick up the pieces from that. The Big 12, they added some really quality mid-major type uh, you know, teams. And if they could add like a Utah um, you know that that would be kind of interesting to add depth both football and basketball for the Big 12. Real quick, ACC looks pretty solid. We've heard Clemson or this or that or Florida State or Miami. That's all a possibility, but they do have a deal with the ESPN through like 2032 or 34. It's it's a while it's a it's a while from now, and it's a big deal. And not only are they you know they produce national championships not just clemson florida state too in 2013 or whatever so they in miami should be stronger year in year out now with cristobal and the resources that they finally allowed for they have the number one salaries for coaches now in the acc but either way it's a it's a damn good football not in uh, basketball especially conference so they look like they're pretty secure there what are your thoughts just in general uh, we talked about this off air about adding usc in Oklahoma and what that means for the Pac-12 and potentially, you know, the year before we saw Texas in Oklahoma and what that meant for the Big 12.
1: Um, okay, so I, I pulled up the deals. Uh, ACC has a 240 million dollar rights deal uh, that expires in 2036. So they they got that they got that stuff etched in stone, brother. And a Big Ten reported annual payout of one billion dollars expires in 2030. Um, with that being said, Pac-12, $250 million, expires in 2024. The Pac-12 needs to finally pull their the head problem. out of their ass and realize that the Pac-12 network, and again, I'm a guy that has had every streaming sport package available known to man, and even their <laughs> best friends. I I literally cannot recall yeah. ever going to a friend's house and said, dude, I got the Pac-12 on tonight to watch. Yep uh into USC, a bar, USC play know? wazoo. Oh god, no, yeah, because anything with Direct TV or that or even even did like it's the Pac twelve has been such a hidden network and it, they they've just ruined an opportunity to just make their sport so much more enjoyable to watch. Yep. So And we've made fun of it this whole time
0: and we saw the writing was on the wall.
1: You you need to be involved with a market and get rid of your or If you are going to have a Pac twelve network, which is cool because some like there is the Big Ten network, which is I've watched a lot of sports on the Big Ten network in my life, whether it be football, basketball. You know they're showing they'll show like girls volleyball. They'll put wrestling on. Like it's a great marketing tool for your conference, but let people watch it. You know, so the give yourself a network that can showcase the talented programs you have. And I'm sure if people do enjoy watching, like, volleyball, wrestling, like, you you showcase your athletes, and you're going to find some niche sport fans, too, but it's a positive. Right. But they they have hidden themselves, Chris, literally since I've, almost since I've known you. I mean, I I met you in, like, the – 08. 08. And I almost feel like it it was probably a deal back then or was really close to it. So for the past 15 to 16 years, you've literally – you've had to struggle to find Pac-12 games on – that were not yeah. being showcased on Fox or ESPN, you know. So figure that, figure that stuff out. Even if your conference does lose a couple of people, one of the reasons it might be happening is because you screwed this up. So you have time to fix it. Um, with that being said, my only little quick thing on the bigger conferences, which I'm with you, it, I think it is going to be more fun. We're going to have some tremendous loaded conferences down the road. Uh, that they'll, they'll continue to get stronger. I my only wonder is that let's say we do end up having more teams join conferences down the road, will it will it create kind of a a higher level of like the the big power conferences and will there be an even bigger gap between the littler ones? That's my one fear. I mean, I don't I'm not like a, uh, an alumni for some small school or anything, but my only fear is that if if the bigger schools hop in the bigger conferences for TV contracts. I think you will eventually have a wider divide in college football, which I think is unfortunate, but money talks in this country. So yeah, that would be my one fear of that 10 years from now, we continue to see the, well, man, the Big 10, the SEC and the Big 12 are getting stronger. And, and, and I, and I get that now, nowadays not a lot of smaller schools can't compete for a national title, but you all, there's still kind of a sense of like the conferences are kind of all in the same level field to an extent. I think that that gap will continue to expand, and I just kind of fear what that does for college football, maybe I'm or college sports in general. That's my only like ah man if if you keep going one way the other I think the little guys are going to keep falling down the other way in regards to money, but that's I mean I'm not an economist expert either, so that's my one thing, but as a sports man for watching games, it should be beautiful uh that will only make saturdays sundays, and or whatever day of the week for a sports better, yeah
0: and if you look at the Pac-12, I believe that, that Oregon team that beat, um, Florida State the year after they won, when that weird play with Winston, that he, remember that weird play that, yeah, he, like, went into Oregon? Crab legs, and, yeah, yep. T- touchdown, and that they got beat. I think that's the last, I think that, that game, or, well, they won that game, so they played in the, you know, I think that's the last time that they were in, um, the playoffs. A, a Pac- Pac-12 team. I'm almost positive. Um, so it's been a while. Yep. And that's kind of my point. And I and I can understand because um, it is going to be the SEC and the Big Ten, and then there's probably going to be the ACC. And I, I, I'm I'm anticipating the Big Twelve just because sure. of what they've already added. Uh, they've already added when they lost Pac-12. Their contracts up right. You know, very quickly, like you said. So um, they at least. Added right away, and they could. They're looking to add more, especially that Utah. I think that would be helpful. You know, especially in, in football. But um, and so there'll be layers of it, and I hear that. You know, there's been a divide since college football started, basically. Sure. Um, and you know, I can relate to because you know you want to have a chance, right? As an alumni, as someone in the state that follows their local squad, whatever, in a city, because obviously there's multiple, sometimes multiple D1s in one state and all that, as we know. Yeah. Um, so I get it. You want to, man, I just don't feel like I have a chance, you know? But I can relate to that, because ever since I've been alive, the Minnesota Gophers have never had a fucking chance to win the national championship. That's just po- that's just facts, right? In sure. the 80s, uh, Ricky Foggy, we went to back-to-back, I think it was like 86, 87, or 85, 87, I can't remember. But I was, you know, pretty young then. So, you know, I, they've always sucked for the most part. Now, you know, recently, in the, you know, 2010s it's gotten better in they're and now in they're flacking, hey, we're, you know, we're still not going to win the national championship. You know, so. And then as far as even the four we have now is a better system than what we used to have. And I think people kind of romanticize the past. But you'd never, it, it, I should not say never, but it was rare to have one and two play, period it was a lot of times one and four and, and, and two and seven, you know, it was all with the conference alignments, you know what I mean? So as far as the bowl games. Um, so you've never really had a chance as a small school. You just haven't. You know, then you can go back and say, well, Minnesota back in the day, Minnesota has six national championships. But, the you know, they haven't won one since 1936, you know what I mean, or whatever, So or 1960 or whatever. So they had a great run from, like, you know, the early 1900s, uh, like 1910 or whatever to like 1960, man. They were a, a damn good – but that's a long time ago, obviously. So you've never had a chance. And, true, if you add 12 teams, then you can actually make an argument you've never had a better chance to win the national championship because you still don't have to go into a big league. You can go 12-0 and 0 in a decent to mediocre league and get in – with a chance. And like I said, I already see the argument coming from the media. Well, you got, if you're number 11, you know how hard it is? Well, you know how hard it's going to be to win the fucking Big Ten in the SEC now? Do you, do you understand? And that's another thing. When you look at this thing lined up, especially down the line if Oregon or Notre Dame came in with the Big Ten, and you look at the SEC and the Big Ten week to week, we're talking about the best playing the best. Those matchups are going to be wild. And even if they have to go to 10 conference games and two non-conference, okay, big fucking deal. You're going to play so many quality teams, it won't matter. It really won't matter. And then your non-conference games against Elite are going to be at the end of the year (laughs) instead of the beginning. So, you know, I just think it's big business, no doubt. And I just think the popularity of the sport to the casual fans, because you know what the casual fans like? They like dominant programs. They like best against best. That's what they like. You can even see in the NBA, until you get LeBron against Golden State and Steph Curry, the ratings go down. Same with the Bulls, those three runs, you know. People love to see dominance. Now, I'm not saying I want to see Alabama win every year, and it's a lot of us rejoice when they don't win it, right, because we know in a couple of years or maybe the very next year they're going to win it. I mean, for Christ's sake, Saban called last year a rebuilding year. You know what I mean? So it's like we've never had a fucking chance. So it, the realistic thing of it is if it goes to 12 especially, you'll never have had a better chance as a small school to win a championship. It's just factual. This isn't opinion-based. That's factual. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. We'll see. I, I don't believe when, when people say the 40-team conference, that's going to be a bunch of small conferences right now, mid-majors, jointing together, Um We've even had debates about will it be 20 or 25 to 30. I don't believe the Big Ten is going to be 25 or 30 because just off money, you got to pay them all that. You know, Now, some may come in and they don't get full payment until they're in for six years. You never know. There could be a team like Maryland that gets dumped and goes back to the ACC and we bring in a new team. Who knows? Maybe that will work out that way. But, you know, I-, I could see them going 18 to 20 here soon, so um, maybe just- 22 tops.
1: Go ahead. What were you going to say? Just my last two things. Um, one, it, ESPN losing the Big Ten sucks, and I know like, I'm not. I mean, I, I've become a Big East basketball fan, as you've known from the podcast. But the, the ESPN did such a great job with the Big uh, with the Big Ten, so I'll be very curious to see. You know, because you mentioned Fox, NBC, CBS. Will Will you start having to stream games, or will all of those sites? Because I mean, as ESPN, we've been spoiled. Whether it's been college football or college basketball. What do you ESPN, mean, stream games? What do you mean? Well, ESPN's always had ESPN, ESPN two to hook you up for like college football Saturdays and stuff. Now, will now will, will these stations that are the main ones will they will they put their games on the main channels on like a Monday night? Because on a Monday night, like all those regular channels are not going to well, be showing be sports. No, but Mondays. for but for like a college basketball game, like ESPN oh, okay, would have I like four. You. And, you know, so I'd be very curious to see will these sites sure, maybe. I got one. Add some additional, like, you know, because, like, there is an FS1, FS2, but they have their regular shows, too. So I'll be curious to see how, if there's, like, streaming, because, like, soccer and golf, they've they've added on, like, yeah. Peacock. So oh, I think fs
0: FS1 and FS2 are going to – that's part of that. That's going to be bigger there. They're going to put okay. bigger
1: games on those. So that, that's be, a good question. I get yeah, you yeah. You know, w- with streaming becoming more of a thing, it, it's a positive, but also there's loopholes where, like, hell, this year – bars across the whole country now probably to figure out how the hell do I add Apple TV so I can have people in my in yeah, my yeah. uh restaurant for hosting so Amazon. Yep, so uh, yeah, yep. Amazon Prime. So oh yep. the the just from that standpoint it'll be it'll be curious. But yeah, I think that was my uh, And CBS Sports Network too. Yeah yeah. That'll probably it'll, be in there I'll too. See, yeah, I'll be curious to see how that all how that all um uh plays out. But but the
0: Saturday games as far as football, because that's what runs this whole thing, obviously. Sure. To have Fox, CBS, and NBC is ridiculous. So that is
1: fucking huge. Do you huge. think so – well, the last part here. Do you think NBC will have to adjust their time slot for Notre Dame? Because Notre Dame's always kind of had a monopoly on um, NBC. Well,
0: they're going to get six home games or eight, seven home games and then the rest there. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's never always – it's not always prime time with Notre Dame games.
1: Normally it's always like that two thirty in the afternoon, but a lot of times that's like that's how I was kind of been the SEC game of the week time too. So I'll be, yeah, I'll just be curious to see how they have, and I'm sure they'll do it right, but I'll be curious to see if they add streaming or additional channels just to make it available because that is the one good thing now, Chris, in the time we live in for sports is you have you have to pay five to ten bucks per app, but there are many ways to watch many multiple games. So I hope that they find ways to make that productive and don't pull some idiotic Pac-12 channel. I don't think they would do something like that, but no, hopefully it's done. No, because
0: the money doesn't tell you that it's going to do that. Yeah, you know? yeah but hopefully that's, it's done in a good way. So CBS already has the 230 slot locked down for the most part, like you said. True. So they're just going to push in their best games. You know what I mean? And NBC is going to do a deal with Notre Dame. It's not finalized, but it sounds like it's going to. So Okay. Um, they're not going to get what they asked for, $75 million, because that had to do with – there was a rumor about them trying – to get the Big 12 in there, like, hey, if I can get some Big 12 games in there with Notre Dame, can you give us 75? It still looks like they're going to get 50, 60, 65 or something. Um, But obviously, if NBC's in the business with uh, Big 10, they're not going to worry too much about uh the Big 12 at that point. But to get the marquee games on the marquee channel, that's, that's where that popularity in casual fans, that's where the payoff will be. I really think that. And then ABC is tied with ESPN, so the SEC does have still network TV. You know what I mean? And another thing is CBS is rarely, besides usually it was the uh, LSU and Bama game, that would be the primetime, right, on on CBS. Usually CBS doesn't do primetime games. It's ESPN and Fox and NBC, like you said, once in a while. So ABC I think they'll still own a lot of that primetime market with the SEC biggest game of the week type thing. Let's get out of this though. It's 42 minutes into it. Let's get in to some of these marquee matchups as we get through this stuff. Let's go with the, you know, some of the biggest marquee matchups. I mean, just off rankings. Two against five. I mean, Marshall, two against five ABC. Might as well kiss this matchup goodbye on ABC in a couple of years. But Ohio State and Notre Dame, two against five, man. I mean, this on paper, wow. But then you have 17-and-a-half-point favorite. And obviously, Ohio State bringing back, you know, a stud wide receiver, a stud quarterback among all the layers that they already have running back and involved. You know, it's, it's Ohio State. What do you think about this? Because we talked about off-air, and the one thing that stays with me, and we were talking about this, Ohio State generally starts the season slow. And every year we go through this, man, it doesn't seem like it's the, I don't know, man. Ah, Boy, they barely beat that team until the second half. They pulled away from a mediocre team, you know, all this stuff, right? And then come November – they start to prime up. Shit, even in 2013, I think it was, when they won the championship, they lost to Virginia Tech, and then by the end of the year, remember they were matched up with, with a, a very good, I think like ninth ranked or something like that, um, Wisconsin team, and they beat the brakes off them. And people were still like, oh, they don't they don't deserve to be four because of that Virginia Tech loss, but then obviously they went on to win the national championship. What do you think though? I mean, even my gophers hung with them last year. They do start slow in September and even October, Ohio State does. Now obviously the argument back is, well, they're returning their quarterback, how slow are they gonna start?
1: I think that you're seeing um a little pre bias for Notre Dame because in in theory most time, Chris, if you're if you're, yeah. If you're the fifth-ranked team in the country and you're playing the second-ranked team, you probably shouldn't be a 17-point dog, you know. But I, just that—that—that that, that just seems, you know, I, I don't know. That—that that just seems kind of crazy to comprehend. Now, is Iowa State really that good? Maybe, maybe. maybe the, I think the bigger questions for Notre Dame, like Brian Kelly, has been there for a long time. He had a he had a, a very solid program in, in order. And he's left now to give himself a fake Cajun voice and make some weird techno videos, but he's gone. So the biggest thing I've heard from all my listening to Vegas people and sport talk is the fact that this new guy Freeman's got a lot to do. Like, how's he going to, it's his show now. And is it a situation where he's going to run into a program that's been solidified and he can just take over and, you know, ride the coattails? Or is he going to maybe try to do something different himself or, you know, like Notre Dame even though they've they've been kind of a brunt of a lot of jokes, they've been arguably a top 5 to 6 program consistently for getting wins the past handful of years. It's just Especially they
0: weren't Especially the, you know, the 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 heart, it's hard to get into school. You got to add that layer,
1: too. Yeah, and just they weren't bama good. Like if it wasn't for Bama Notre Dame might actually have a title or two in the past 10 years. And I say that kind of almost makes me want to smile and laugh, but it's true. Like, Bam has ruined your party a couple times. So you've been a, a solid program, but your head coach left. You did lose some talent. Well, hell, they seem to have a couple of players get dropped every year. But it, it, is a new guy in the program going to cause the team to have a, a bit of a sluggish year? Or will he add on to what's been a solid program and improvise and make some better changes? To maybe make them. Become a team that has the potential to beat the Ohio State, Clemson, or Bama, which they've not been able to do. So I, I don't know, Um but I do think the seventeen and a half point spread is either people are way too much in love with Ohio State, or Notre Dame is getting way overhyped um, from a power ranking standpoint because the, the, that spread that spread speaks volumes as to where the teams are currently ranked.
0: And I can almost see it starting out tight, right? And then midway through the third quarter, yep, Vegas is right. They won by 22 or whatever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm stuck on this. I got to admit, I'm stuck on this. Week one's always tough. September can be tough um, just because these rankings, like you said, it does feel – I'd have to – well, I don't know if I'm agreeing with you, but I, I believe you're right on the nose with Notre Dame might be a little overrated um, just ranking-wise. <clears throat> Uh, and, you know, we talked about how traditionally under Meyer and under Day, they, you know, Ohio State has started slow. Well, is it going to happen every single solitary year? Probably not, right? Probably not. But they'll probably, maybe this year they're like, yeah, you're right. That's how it's been. But we're ready to go. We're returning so many guys. We got our quarterback. We got our stud wide receiver. We're going to be just fine. So do you think they'll cover? Do, do you? I mean, I got Ohio State winning. I don't, I think we're both on that page, but you, 17 and a half. You think they could do it by uh what would be what? Three scores.
1: Uh, well, it'd be a little bit no, free. It's a field goal. I won't bet the game, but if, if I were to bet it with actual money, I would take Notre Dame. I, I think you're, it's week one. There are two high profile teams. I mean, obviously Ohio state's got more skilled players, but Winning a game by twenty-one in a high-profile game week one has put a lot of pressure on a team to cover a spread, and and I wouldn't, Chris, I wouldn't be shocked if if Oh Notre Dame somehow won. I mean, it would be a big story, or it's but super tight. But I mean, hell, Oregon came into Ohio State and whooped their ass last year. You know, so it wouldn't be the craziest upset in the world. You know, if it were to happen now, if Utah State beats Alabama this week, we might have to do a, a surprise podcast Saturday night at like ten thirty at night, but. This would be a a decent decent win, but not shock the world and like tabloid cover win, you know. But I yeah, I, I, I mean, would, I, would I don't know if point. decent's
0: the right wording, but yes, I do would I do.
1: And and by the way,
0: the ass kicked, and they lost thirty-five to twenty-eight. Now they didn't get their ass kicked. Let's just calm down a little bit.
1: Myers not oh, anymore. You do know that, right? Uh, yeah, well, I can't. I can't believe Fox hired him as an analyst again. Way, way to show morals and <laughs> to the, how many people in the world could talk football. And you bring back that that I'm the, I almost <laughs> said the word gentleman. That would have been a complete mishap. You bring back that guy. Good lord! Uh, anyway, yeah. I, I'm gonna stop. So you money.
0: said with real money. What about Monopoly money? Would you do anything with Monopoly money? Monop-
1: Monopoly money. You you want You want to bet um, Notre Dame money line? All right. It's it's right paying you pretty well, my friend. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You're gonna buy us some
1: Parkway and Boardwalk and all sorts. Yes, sir. If that hits, yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: with you on the Notre Dame stuff. Uh, as far as you know, sneaking under that 17 and a half, It's just ah, man, it's hard to get a dominant win like you said in a high-profile game. Um, first game out, that that is tough, no doubt about it. Now kind of funny and this is how Vegas and, and college football work sometimes and it's kind of the whole point of what we're talking about as far as the SEC and the Big Ten right this is the exact uh, replica before they've expanded this is what we're dealing with we got number three Georgia against number 11 Oregon an Oregon team that is built differently now um, thanks to crystal Ball uh, they're they're more like Utah even though them in Utah don't play Utah and they're fine. Um, like you said, they they went, you know, was that on the road last year too, right? That was that was on the road, uh, Oregon, Ohio State, wasn't
1: yeah, it? They, yeah, they walked into the horseshoe, yeah, and they won. Um,
0: on paper, man, Georgia, returning champs, they finally got over the hump. Kirby Smart, they lost... 17, you know, I know there's only 11 starters on defense. It felt like they lost 17 starters on defense <laughs> is what it seems like because you had what nine of them got drafted, five of them in the first round. The uh, body stack and safety went to my uh, viking squad here, by the way. Um, we're looking at 17 points, 17 points. Is this one a little bit more on par? Because let's not forget the big game. Bo Nix – oh, wait a second. Did I just say Bo Nix in a, in a big game winner? Because uh, now Bo Nix is with Oregon. Does that mean they finally turned the- – no, okay. So what, what do you think? 17? Now, do you feel like Georgia can ground and pound and grind away, much like Utah did last year, or will Bo Nix be the difference maker? Georgia –
1: In this game. I, I, I am up still- with the
0: defense. Uh-huh. Is it only gonna be uh thirteenth ranked instead of you know ninth ranked instead of number one? I mean, what what's the fall off here? I won't lie,
1: Chris. I, I I'm still bitter. I bet a a a nice what you would call a sizable chunk of money for my standards of living on Bama to win the title. And if it wasn't if that wide receiver <laughs> yeah. doesn't if that wide receiver doesn't tear his knee, like, dude, I, I think Bama wins that game. And if that one lucky should've. ass pass in the fourth oh try, I'm a I'm allowed to vent, sir. So well, yeah. Um, but, and, and, but this Georgia team, I still don't believe that the Stenson Ben is next coming of, of, of even a, even an old uh, Greek God. Cause he had a defense last year that literally took care of him and put him in a numerous great field position. That defense was elite. And yeah, that, make, that makes, a, elite. that makes a quarterback's life a lot easier. Now, is he a complete bum? No, but, um, you you lost a ton of guys from the defense to go pro. So I don't care. Even when like and those guys, or Dabo, or, you know, mm-hmm. they use the term reload, you don't reload a defense. Yeah. And, and again, I'm not saying this was the Miami defense from back in the day, but you don't reload like Miami did when they had that incredible team. They did not, they were not able to reload that incredible, like you can't reload when you lose so many guys to the draft. And that's what Georgia did. And, your defense could they be good again this year sure are you in the weaker part of the sec which benefits you sure but you're going to take a couple of steps back and with having a lesser caliber defense that puts more pressure on your offense i think that makes you more of a neutral team like there were games last year chris where the average starting field position for georgia was like oh well they they, they started on their own 40 all the time well shit i you you probably could get a, a bum quarterback to make your team look pretty good if you're chilling the 40 every possession. So. With all that being said, I think Oregon covers just because I think you're going to have to – there's a lot of new pieces going in. They might be good pieces. Georgia might hang in there and be just fine of a team this year that could be a top 10, five, 5 team. But I think you have too many people going in day one that are not quite as good as last year. And with that being said, the Oregon, again, we talked about the start of the show, new coach. How, yeah, <clears throat> that, That's the another uh, – who like we said Notre Dame's coach Bo has Nicks. something to prove, so does Oregon. Bo, Bo Nix has something to prove. <laughs> Amen. He does, sir. Yeah, but for in fact, did you know that statistically I heard this on a podcast for the summer that he throws like the most accurate eight to twelve yard pass in like college football in the past two seasons?
0: <laughs> put him in the West Coast system, dude. Put him in the get Jerry Rice and put him in get Terrell Owens and Jerry Rice and put it Taylor. And put him in the West Coast system, dude. That's a wrap. He'll live up to his pops. Um, I'm with you. I think Oregon. I got Georgia winning, but I think I'm sneaking 17 points. I think it's doable. Oh, I, I would. I would Dang. bet
1: some. I would. I would bet a little money, a real money on yeah, Oregon plus 17. That, that's a, again a, let, a hefty sum of points.
0: All right, we're gonna go. We're gonna keep with this ranked, ranked for ranked team. I had a matchup, you know what I'm talking about. Number 19, Arkansas, who took a turn for the better last year against number 23, Cincinnati. Now, we know Cincinnati's without uh, the, the QB there. Obviously, speaking of defense, you know, Georgia lost a ton of starters, as we know. But, you know, the, the combination of a longtime starter and Ritter who could just make plays, uh, improved with his arm, but really would just make plays outside the pocket. And just you know that they had it going, obviously, and then they got like six or seven. I think it's five to seven. I think it's six uh, NFL players drafted on that defense, including the the two corners. You know, which was Sa- Sauce Gardner. Yeah. So I mean, when I'm looking at this, and then Arkansas, who you know. Was it, was it Auburn that they beat? They beat someone solid, but they almost – they had a really tough schedule. That's one of those teams that we documented that we'll document through this year that you go, oh, they got a big win. But, dude, look at their schedule. It's going to be rough. You know, Auburn was like that last year too. A couple other teams we'll talk about, a like that. But Arkansas, looking like they're going to turn the page a little bit, based off last year anyway, had some really tight games, man. I mean, they, they played – I mean, they 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 lost to Bama, forty-two to thirty-five. Um, you know, ended up beating a, a down Penn State team. Lost to you know, they did they, they, they beat Mississippi State. That was the one that, but they lost like that. There was one team game that was just super close. Oh, it was old Miss, wasn't it? I think it was Old Miss, like fifty. Good old Lane 51. Kiffin. Yep, nah, I knew it. Fifty-two <laughs> to fifty-one. Yeah, they beat A and M. That's what it was. They beat AM. They beat Texas. It was like, here we go. That quarterback, big old dude, um, looking like a playmaker. I think that at home, when it, what appears to be 91 degrees weather with some humidity, I'm guessing in Arkansas it's going to be a little bit more humid than, uh, there in Cincinnati. Um, I like Arkansas in this matchup and I think they're going to cover uh what is it six or something like that. Yeah, I like six, Arkansas to yep. win this game. I think that they're the one going up. I'm not trying to say Cincinnati's gonna take this drastic ball or anything, but this is a they lost defense, stud quarterbacks or uh, stud quarterback and cornerbacks. I like uh Arkansas, the Hogs at home to get it done, sir.
1: I think you have to F and win this game for Arkansas. Chris I so I don't I don't care what Sabermetrics say, they probably have the hardest all around schedule in the whole country. They host a great team in Cincinnati, then they play South Carolina, who last year, despite starting the season with a fucking teacher, coach, quarterback, won like six games. Okay, that, that's your second game of the year. Then you play Missouri State, who's not a bad school for like you know, like your low level school. Then you go at AM. Then you play Bama? I forgot
0: about the teacher coach,
1: dude. The, 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 <laughs> yeah, but, they, but they, and they were winning games. They didn't have a effing quarterback. So South Carolina is good. Missouri State is a respectable lower level team. You go to play at Jimbo, then you play Bama, then you Did go you to say play Missouri Mike
0: State is respectable
1: for like a lower level like oh, FCS okay, 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. Crazy, um, so right. you go go to Jimbo, you host Bama. You go to play Mike Leach, which is always a weird ass game. You go to BYU, you go to Auburn, Gosh. then for another non-conference, you host Liberty, who I know they lost their star quarterback, but is a They're good, good school. Then you play LSU, then you play Lane Kiffin, then you finish at Missouri. That's old this, shit. by the way, for those who don't know. Um. That, that that I mean, Chris, there's not a okay. Missouri State, and I'm, I'm getting emotional because I'm like a diehard Razor X fan. I'm not. I, I like the coach. We like the program. We, I, I like how we yeah, turn that thing around. I like around. that quarterback, too. Yeah, KJ Jefferson's a stud. But, dude, when you have to go to play at Jimbo, Bama, Mississippi State, and then you you, you literally schedule a non-conference yeah, non-confer- schedule. Yeah, BYU and Cincy? You got Cincy. Again, South Carolina is not a bad team. Are they elite? Right. No. But are they good? Yes. Cincy, BYU, Liberty, and Missouri State, like, who, why, who, wh- wh- why, what, why do I mean, I, I get your plan up for the program, you guys schedule these games years in advance, but if there's a tougher schedule in the country, I, I would love to know what it is, Chris, because top to bottom, and... Well,
0: Auburn's got a, a tough one, LSU's got a tough one, but there's not, Mississippi State's got a tough one, but you're right. You're right. Dude. And this is only on paper, but on paper, it's going to be tough to beat this schedule. <laughs> I think Auburn has a rough one this year again, too. But, yeah, dude, you're right. And that's the thing. If they And this is the same shit last year, remember? We were like, dude, this seems good, man, but holy shit. You know, like, remember those three weeks in a row, it was like, bam, bam, and bam. It was like Georgia, old Miss, and somebody. You know, it was like, jeez louise, man. Yeah, this is uh, – it's an SEC team, folks. If yeah. We non conference. That's freaking respectable. Um, but you know, they're thinking, man, four years ago, why in the F did we do this? <laughs> you know, like, I know. Why in the world? Can we add 10 conference games this year and just dump one of those?
1: Please. Um, yeah. yeah can, you're we, right. can we play, can we play, uh, uh, Vandy or, uh, I yeah. Don't know. <laughs> Vandy? <laughs> something. Something yeah. else. So So
0: that does it for rank versus rent, as far as I can see. I believe that is. Yep, that does it for rank versus rent.
1: Um, let's just scatter around Monday night. Speaking of, speaking of the SEC, though, um, this point spread, Chris, is actually close. Um, at six o'clock on ESPN, um, Utah travels to play in the swamp. Um, this might be my most Fun, anticipated game of the day. Just I, I know that, that there's no fellow rankings, but the the spread is close. Florida, you never know like, what quite they're going to be. That that that's that that's on Saturday night too. Saturday night, yeah. Okay. That that should be um, – all right, So from just from a, a Vegas side, there are, there have been some people that have been sprinkling a little bit of money on Utah to win it all, and people betting Utah with like some okay money to to actually make the playoff. And you say that because it's kind of a three-horse race in the Pac-12 this year. People seem to think that the Pac-12 champion is either going to be Utah, Oregon, or USC. So just from a, a roundabout standpoint, Chris, if Utah or USC or Oregon could run the table or go like 11-1 and one or something, there is a, a very reasonable fair chance that they could make the playoffs. So if you're Utah, though, this would be a very impressive, despite Florida not being ranked, a very impressive Week 1 High-quality road win in the SEC. Um, Utah is normally always yeah, on kicking. Road. Oh, yeah, I was going to say Utah is a dominant home team. But going down in the swamp, I'll admit maybe it's not quite what they've been for the last few years, but it's still going to be a good win at Florida. Um, for positives, Utah returns their uh, starting quarterback and uh, with a solid coach and about as solid of a program as you can have. That does yeah. not have an SEC or Big Ten label attached to it. Um, I have no idea what to expect out of Florida. They so said they've been kind of in crisis mode the last couple of years, it seems. Do you think that Utah starts off their hopeful dream season with a win in the swamp? Or, I mean, I know we, we have, we I literally have heard nothing about Florida, but how, yeah, how, what's your gut say? How do you think this one goes Saturday?
0: Yeah, I mean, a three point favorite on the road, that is, that is telling, but I think it's deserved. I really do. And I'll tell you what. If the Pac-12, let's be honest, they're not going to secure a good deal. It's impossible. It's impossible. It's just impossible. So this dude might be done. <laughs> he, if I don't go to the Big 12, I'm out of here, dude. What's the next vacancy? Maybe he'll take over at Old Miss. Okay, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. I apologize, okay? That only means he's going to Bama in a couple of years. That's all I meant. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah all yeah, I meant. Yeah. Oh, okay. I
1: hear you. All
0: right. <laughs> um, if the quarterback at Florida didn't change his nickname, I'm just kidding. That's a joke. It's a joke. Okay. Did you hear about that at all? You know what I'm talking about? They are 15. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's a joke. That's a joke. I know it's not funny, but it's kind of funny. Um, I like Utah to get this done. I do. I, I do uh, with the points. I don't think, you know, I don't think maybe it'll be a field goal at the end and they win by three and you know, I fucked everybody over. <laughs> but no, I like it. I think they'll win. I think they'll win. Uh, it'll be competitive. You know, I don't think, I don't think it'll be some kind of, you know, they're going to win by three touchdowns or, or maybe not even double digits. But I, just, I think they, they find a way to get that done. That coaching staff, the head coach, like I said, the new wrinkles they can bring to that offense just minorly, uh, that do get more comfortable in general. We always know when you get a good, you know, you have a good year that next year that generally is like, okay, we know what he can do. Let's do these other things, especially week one to scheme up stuff that hasn't been on film. Maybe someone will shut it down, you know, down the, down the line, but just fresh stuff. I do like Utah. Uh, and this is big because like you said, it's a must must, must win if they want to, uh, you know, get over the hump and actually get to PAC 12 to get a uh, playoff entry. Uh, that hasn't happened since that Oregon stuff that we mentioned, so I do like Utah to win in cover at Florida,
1: yeah, and okay, so that game starts at six, and then the uh Notre Dame Ohio state game starts at six thirty so that that you can if you got a couple TVs in your living room like me or you got a uh side by side or a laptop or something uh six and six thirty those are some very quality games um I think like you've said we've kind of hit the The most top name ones. Um. I love the the Thursday, the best Thursday night game, which is actually when it
0: officially kicks off. We know week zero, we we realize the Cornhuskers took it out. But Penn State at Purdue on Fox, 7 o'clock. Penn State is a three and a half point favorite. Purdue is just, I mean, that quarterback, well, both quarterbacks, when they're healthy, for Penn State, when he's healthy, obviously has had a damn good career. Um, but that offense mixed, you know, will they be? They lost some defensive players too at uh, Purdue. Penn State's used to losing players because they recruit high. And relatively speaking, they've had a lot of success in the last five to seven years or whatever. Um, but if Purdue wants to turn the page and win the big, you know, because they're the dark horse, them in Nebraska, and I guess you could say Northwestern, because now they got to up on Nebraska. Um as the dark horse, a lot of well, not a lot. Let me let me rephrase that. People are picking Purdue as the dark horse to get to go through the Big West or Big 10 West and get that done. Well, we talked about the cross rivalry stuff from the Big East. Home game right out the gates. This would be big. You think Purdue can uh, knock it off because they got a good coach and a hell of a quarterback and they generally put out a pretty good defensive team. And last year they made noise, did they not they dan they definitely made noise last year
1: yeah I, um it's it's tough because just because purdue's offense for the last couple of years they've had like a literal stud receiver that gets like twelve hundred yards a game yes and and they and they lost him so you're you're um God, it's like almost like for the last handful of years, Chris Purdue, just with their coach, um, he, he's like a perfect schemer, and it's almost like he's that game on the schedule you don't want to slip up on. And like it's like they pull that uh, that Jeff Braum. it's like he's a master at like yeah. getting a team ready to pull off an upset game, but it's you don't have that feeling because it's week one opener. So it, it you, I feel you got it like Penn State's favorite because they're probably the better, more talented squad, um. Purdue lost their stud, stud receiver in Bell. That dude was a freak. Well, oh, they've yeah, had Bell get... and more. Like they're, 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 they've had some very talented players. But so long story short, I guess I gotta favor Penn State just because if this was like a Week Seven game, I'd be all over Purdue. That that coach, that time to work, system. Yeah, hell. Right? They pulled they pulled off an upset last year, and he was using three quarterbacks in Iowa. He, he literally yeah, used it took three a while different... to actually land on
0: that one. You're right.
1: Yeah, and, and and it's like if you're Iowa, you're like, dude, holy shit, what, what what coach in the world finds a way to rotate three quarterbacks in for different schemes? Like, you can't game plan for that shit. So, Braum is a master my coach. I love the guy. But, again, that is a time of the year to use him. And just like I, I remember I bet Purdue last year to beat Sparty, and they did. Because, again, they were at home, pulled off an upset. But there's no real – I mean, sure, the crowd would be going crazy, and it would be an upset – But um, I I feel like it's just too early in the year for Purdue to work their magic. So I will take – God, I hate saying this. Okay, I would bet Purdue not to win. (laughs) I'll I'll, I'll phrase it that way, my friend. I'll phrase it that way.
0: Oh, that's why I love you. Ah, that's great. Now, Penn State, before they lost Clifford, okay, he was a damn good college quarterback, okay? Not picking him in the pros, nothing like that. But he's damn good. He's been, been damn good. He's won some big games. Last year, we know Wisconsin wasn't good. They got you know they they, they stepped up at the end of the year, and man, I, they had a chance in the Big Ten West. But I think somebody, oh yeah, the Gophers beat them. Okay, anyway, Wisconsin they beat Wisconsin. They beat Auburn. They almost beat Iowa twenty three to twenty. That's when Clifford went out, and they started losing. They had a very they had a nine frickin overtime game <laughs> with Illinois. They lost to uh, Ohio State 33-24, to Michigan 21-17, to Michigan State 30-27. to You see where I'm going with this. You see where I'm going with this. So I like Purdue to win this game. Or, I'm sorry. I like Penn State. Wow, I almost did that. I like Penn State to win this game cover for all the reasons you just said. Uh, both quarterbacks now, I mean, they got a quarterback now, but you're right. The wide receiver, that's big for that program even though we can name two more in Bell, right? But it's, it's just – I guess you could relate it to, you know, Bateman and Johnson from a couple of years ago. We, we're still trying to find that, man, we got we got four good wide receivers, but are any of them great? And the one that seems great at the college level got hurt a little bit. So it is kind of tough there, but I'm with you on that, and I will say it proudly with the chest. Penn State – and whoever wins this game is going to be ranked. I think, as well. So Penn State will be ranked next week when we have the show. Now, we're up to an hour and 11 minutes. It's the first one. But let's start just naming names, saying quick stuff. I'll let you name a couple names, couple wins, couple spreads, whatever you want to do. Um, we can break that Texas State, Nevada, which is even. We can break that down for a half hour if you want. But, uh, no, let, let's get to it and get to the crafty pick here in a in a short little bit. Okay, sir?
1: Okay, um, I do think on that same Thursday night, that backyard brawl, West Virginia Pitt would be a fun game to watch as we get into this yes. season mode. Like that, that that's that's a ESPN six o'clock Thursday night. That'll be a very solid fun game to watch, just Pitt, point blank. Pitt re- fun, re-tooling. fun one to enjoy.
0: Yeah, you know, Pitt had a great year last year, and they they got to retool. They they lost the quarterback and whatnot. So um, another one. Boise State, Oregon State. Oregon State at home is favored by three. Oregon State finally went to a bowl game. Are they on the up and up? Or is Boise State, who pretty much every year they put out a a damn good program, Um, I think that is a hardcore barn burner. Um, Florida State, LSU. LSU, almost at home. It's not going to be, you know, it's close to home somewhat. Um, for LSU at night, so it's not Death Valley, but they're a three-point favorite. They may have uh, Daniels, the transfer from ASU, be the starter, um, which he could do some stuff with his feet. You know, that could be a really good game. Vegas thinks it's obviously going to be a really good game. That's the Sunday night primetime ABC game. Maybe Florida State can get their stuff together. Louisville-Syracuse, as far as just point spread, that could be a damn good game. Any other games you want to mention?
1: Um, I would just say that if you're looking for maybe a, a higher point spread, um, South Dakota State, even though they're not like the North Dakota State powerhouse who wins all the time under div- in the like the, the the division right under D1, um, South Dakota State's kind of similar. To North Dakota State they're pretty good, and they go to Iowa. So. It wouldn't surprise me if you're like, who the F is South Dakota State? They've been a really good low-tier program like North Dakota State, just not quite as good. But they go to Iowa. If they give Iowa a hard game, that wouldn't surprise me at all. So I would look at the, if your gambling side has it, the South Dakota State, because they'll probably be, I would assume, a a decent little underdog uh, against Iowa. I think that would be a really smart bet um, because, like I said, they've been a pretty solid school. And, well, even though they're not ranked, North Carolina – has yes, been a, a, a fun team to watch over the last handful of years. And they've normally had a pretty badass offense. Uh, they're going to App State. Now, I will say, it normally over the last handful of years, it does seem to be an advantage. And North Carolina, even though they played a, a team that was COVID, you know, hampered in Carolina and looked that good, they still actually played a game. Um, I remember yeah, last true. year we talked about this. It is an advantage to getting that first game wrinkles out of your system. So, UNC is only a one point favorite at App State, which tells you the game must be pretty close in Vegas' mind. But the fact they've already played a game, even though it was kind of a shitty effort, um, that should be a fun one. That's 11 a.m. ESPNU.
0: Going up in the Appalachians, too.
1: You know what happens
0: when you get lost in the
1: Appalachians. App State's a good team. So, that'd be a very Mm -hmm. fun one to watch. And again, if you're looking for, if you have a a nudge one way, it's a pick 'em game and you don't see those often in college football. So if you got if your gut tells you something, I would just say remember Carolina's already played a game this year, which could be a, a huge uh plus for that school.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. And then Big Ten uh centric um Indiana and Illinois. Illinois, are they gonna under B- Bieleman, are they gonna actually turn the corner this year and get some wins? And Indiana who had a you know, a great what, Covid year right? They had a phenomenal COVID year, came back and just fell on their face. One Indiana's a one point favorite at home. So that, that's, and that's Friday night on FS1. That could be a pick'em game. It's kind of like, okay, who's going to get off to a pretty damn good start here? Um, Illinois looked good. They were grounded and pounded. Obviously that's probably what they're going to do in their in week one, week one, like you mentioned as well, they already have a one Oh, so, um, all right. You think that's about it? You think we should get to the uh, crafty, crappy pick of the week here,
1: sir? Uh, I just want to get my three three mentions of uh, Kiffin quota in there. Old Miss is minus twenty-one and a half. They host Troy. I expect Lane Kiffin to go to one and Hopefully he finds a quarterback, because in the SEC he's gonna need one. <laughs> he brought over a USC guy and hopefully he he gets rolling down there for a uh, good old Hottie Toddy old miss. So yes, I'm ready uh, for the crappy crafty pick of the week. Uh, last year we went nine and four. So as crazy as this, is, we, we, we profited. I think we've done this segment for the last 10 years of football. I don't I think, think it's we've been that long. I think we added lo- it a little later. Okay. Well, man, at, at least six or seven. I, and, and we I, were
0: eight and five, at least eight and five the previous year. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. That's the COVID year. Couldn't have been eight and five. We, we, we
1: we've been positive. Yeah. The, we've been on yeah. the up and
0: up. I think yes. eight and five was three years ago. Jeez,
1: yeah. Yeah. COVID
0: has just flown by. Yeah. So nine and four last year though. Which is
1: legit. All right, so we're starting toughest the pick
0: year. A, toughest pick too this year because I, I it, we don't have the stats in front of us.
1: We're starting the year off. Okay, um, this game is a, a, a seven point spread. This is the best one I could find. Um, Duke Duke is playing uh, Temple. What day? We're we're going on a. I believe this is a Friday night, my friend. Friday night. This game is a. And this is basketball. Six thirty. PM kickoff on the ACC network. So I think if you're a DirecTV person, this is in like the 790s. Um, Wallace Wade Stadium expected 82 degrees. Hope there's not torrential downpour because we know the weather's been crazy of late in Durham, North Carolina, where uh, a former coach retired after a loss. Um, Duke is a seven point favorite, a 51 and a half point over under. Uh, You get in the door for $15. I I heard Coach K may actually flip the coin toss for the start of this game. Uh, Chris, and that's what is your,
0: seats, correct?
1: Uh, uh we're not a sponsor, I, but we're trying to get it. I would, I would assume so. Yes. <laughs> uh, what does your gut tell you as uh, the John Cheney Temple Owls go visit Coach K's honorary coin toss game Friday night, six thirty for a classic former Big East ACC basketball football showdown?
0: Well, it's just, just go figure. Um, uh, my internet went a little, little funky, so every once in a while this happens, uh, for some odd reason, and I can't even break down the game right now. Um, yeah, I, it's shit, I can't even, I don't know what the hell's going on, it won't, it won't click. ESPN every once in a while just gives me issues. Let's see if I just take my internet off. God damn it, dude. It's the, it's the first week... It's the first week kinks, dude. Okay, there we go. I just did it on my computer. All right, good. Oh, shit. Hold on. It's bringing me to – I don't want to go to the, the – okay, here we go. Here we go. So, you know, week one, like we said, is funky because, you know, we don't have Owens 5 against Owen 4, and, you know, we, we don't have the crazy stats to be like, well, one team's given up forty. Of points per game, the other one's given up, you know, 48 points per game. So we don't have that, but we do have, when I look at the last six opponents <laughs> for both sides, right, from last year, last five opponents, all of them L's. Every last one of its L's. So we got a lot of L's going on. Um, Temple's closest game was 38 to 14, uh, at home with Navy. Um and it doesn't get much better on the other side. Pit fifty four to twenty nine. <laughs> so I'm gonna go based off quality of opponent, okay? I'm gonna as far as losing, right? I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with the Duke Blue Devils and ESPN's on board, because according to ESPN's football power index, seventy five percent chance, almost seventy six percent chance uh, they were able to put up twenty nine points on Pitt, who we know, you know, they had a damn good year. I'm gonna go with you know, about what, six to eight, ten years ago, Duke actually had a good program for a couple of years. Remember that? That's
1: Yeah, and that and that coach that coach Cutcliffe left. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um Duke
0: I'm going with the Duke Blue Devils in the first week. This is a usually you, you throw back to the nineties, this is a hell of a basketball game uh eighties, nineties, but we're on the football field. Divid seats, like you said, a tick as low as fifteen. I'm going with the Duke Blue Devils to kick off, try to get uh one and oh in the crafty, crappy pick of the week.
1: And as I wrap this up, as we've done this for the past three years now, I like to do an alumni battle where I name people who've gone to both schools to see which alumni is stronger. Um well <laughs> Uh, Duke, obviously there's a ton of basketball players, uh, Kyrie, Grant Hill, Leitner, Reddick, Seth Curry. Um, Adam Silver also went to Duke. I don't know why I actually blinked on that. I feel like that was news to me. Um, Carlos Boozer, a guy from Alaska, Rand Paul, the crazy Senator. Uh, you know, they, they have a very sport heavy, um, alumni. Okay. That's fair. Uh, also a couple of, uh, news anchor reporters. See how um, quick he's going through this. He just flying through the Duke stuff. Go ahead. Uh T- Temple has uh, a <laughs> uh former comedian actor uh Bob Saget. I'm guessing John Oates from Hall & Oates. Uh the singer Diplo. Um Oh, here we go. Adam McKay. Uh, Hall- oh, Hall & Oates. Uh, that's how they got together. Daryl Hall also went there too. Hall and- & okay, oh, Oates. All right. That's I like, you. See I you like that. Cool. Yeah. Sexy. I didn't know that. Uh, Eddie Jones, a former uh, – we're, we're talking basketball here, you know, uh, the great Eddie Jones from the Miami Heat. Uh, Whoa, and after and, that, and man
0: uh, it – Wasn't it originally uh, the Lakers?
1: Uh, it, it could have been. I like think so. Uh, and there was a, a musician named Jared Hasselhoff. Um, I was looking to see if he was related to David Hasselhoff, but he doesn't appear <laughs> to be. So – um <laughs> If he, even if he was, it would be a knockoff anyway. So. <laughs> with, with that said, the first um, alumni battle of the year clearly goes to Temple. When you have oh, and come o, on, dude. When stop. you have Hall and o, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a unanimous decision. We, we value music on this program. He's, we're uh, talking
0: to a North Carolina fan here, folks. If, you, if, you, if you're new to the show, he's a North Carolina fan. I thought he was going to say that Temple did not win this one, you know? Like how he the Penn State thing he had an issue with. I thought that's how he's gonna say it. But no, he went the other way. He went with the fake news way.
1: Um, Diplo is a very well respected American DJ, uh, crafty How long yeah, has that been? Uh you know <laughs> exactly. I, I I think as you said, it's about time to wrap up the show. So again, Chris is picking Duke to win the football game. I got Temple to win the first Battle <laughs> Alumni of the Year, and that's a beautiful way for this show to end. So so on that note. We will be uh, next week recapping, again, what potentially has about four to five really good games. Hopefully uh, some of those 17-point spreads may, may produce a couple of hopefully first-half close games and maybe some fourth-quarter close games, too. And we'll be back next week to break down what will be a lot of fun. And there's also a lot of really good games coming up in weeks two and three that are not even in conference yet, but very competitive and uh, fun and challenging matchups. We love the support week one. Thank you for listening. We'll be giving you picks and fun all year. The boys are out tonight. Peace.